Hello, and a very good day to you. My name is Jim Harris, and this is Heritage Bible Radio. Heritage Bible Radio is an extension of Heritage Bible Church in Boise, where it's my joy to serve as the teaching pastor. Every day, we devote our radio time to studying a portion of the Word of God so you can know Him better through Jesus Christ and serve Him better through your local church. This week on Heritage Bible Radio, we're going to look at the second of two metaphors Jesus employed in his Sermon on the Mount to describe the influence his faithful people are to have in the world. Last week, we looked at the first one. We are to be the salt of the earth. This week in Matthew chapter 5, verses 14 through 16, Jesus tells us that we are the light of the world. Yes, disciples of Jesus Christ Christians, believers, are told to be salt and light in a lost world. And that's true even though that same lost world is hostile to Jesus and his followers. So if it's our responsibility, how can we be sure we're shining the light the way we're intended to? Is your light shining through your life in a way that points to and glorifies God? Or does your life look so much like the rest of the world of unbelief that you appear as unlit as the next person. Well, I pray this week's message will inspire you to examine your own life and motivate you to make the changes you need to so that your lamp isn't hidden under a basket, but set on the light stand where it sheds light into a dark world. Here is today's slice of the sermon entitled, The Light of the World. Let me ask you, what is the method that you are generally committed to, to bring people to Christ. What is your strategy? Uh, Is there any target group of people that you believe that God wants you to influence? Uh, If you are the proverbial soccer mom, let me tell you what your mission field is. Soccer moms. All right? That's where you are. I am not welcome in the world of soccer moms. You might be. You know, you might might be the only Christian in your department at Micron. Guess what your mission field is? You might be the only Christian that lives within two blocks of you. Guess what your mission field is? How purposeful are you thinking about it? It's really easy for us to forget how important this is. So let me get really practical with you. I don't expect you to be able to exuberantly say, oh yeah, I got, I got this nailed, because we have to constantly think about it. But let me start asking you some questions. Suppose I said, um, think about the people you know. You're not allowed to whip out your phone and go through the contacts, but mentally, think about that. Think about your extended family, your neighbors, your friends, your co-workers, the people that you share hobbies with, whoever they are. And let me ask you to just think of at least one name among them of somebody who doesn't know Christ. Who do you think of among your friends and acquaintances that doesn't know Christ? And when was the last time that you prayed for that person? That's a perfect point for pastoral manipulation. You're not praying enough. I know that. I'm not praying enough. 
None of us are praying. What, what is enough praying if it's not pray without ceasing? All right? <clears throat> but when was the last time you specifically took some time to pray for that friend or those friends and ask God to lead them from darkness to light? That's a perfectly good thing to pray. God is not willing for any to perish. He's patient, waiting for all to come to repentance. Now, let's get more specific. You've thought of who. How can you plan to get closer to people who need Christ? You know, we, we tend to, in, our, in the circles of Christianity in which we run, we, we tend to define spiritual maturity as spending more and more and more and more and more of your time with Christians. And that necessity that necessitates you spend less and less and less time with non-Christians. Who needs who needs Christ? Now I don't mean sever all your Christian friendships and replace them all with non-Christian friendships, but there's got to be a place in your life to think about and pray about how you can use things that you have in common with people in order to get close enough to them to let the light shine to have the privilege to speak the words of the gospel. Let's get more specific. When do you think that you might be able to get to the point of talking to that person about Jesus, telling him or her just how important Christ is to you, and asking them for the privilege to share the gospel? And you say, well, if I start doing stuff like that, I might not have as many contacts on my phone. Some people won't like that. Yeah, see previous beatitude. Some won't want to hear that. But what kind of a friend are you if you would call yourself a friend and let that person slide off into the lake of fire for eternity to be tormented day and night forever and ever without you ever telling them how they could avoid it? This is important. This is, who we, this is who we are. And Jesus is telling us, lay the foundation. Be the kind of person who is attractive to others. And finally, what, what might you do to be able to arrange something in your relationship with this person or these people that will cause the subject of the gospel to come up? You know, invite them to a Bible study. Invite them to a, a church service. Make a plan to spend some time together and invite them over to your house. Cook some hot dogs. Cook some hamburgers. Have a more formal meal if you want to. Spend some time with them and ask them if you could tell them, can I have five minutes to tell you what's the most important thing to me in this entire world? Would you, would you be willing to listen? What if you were to go visit somebody that was feeling kind of isolated. I hear there are some people that way in our world these times. How about pick up the phone and, and make a call? You say, well, I, I, I don't know if I'll get it right. I, I, I don't know what the best approach is. I don't know the, the best way to do evangelism. There isn't one. But the worst way to do it is not do it. You know, the, the person who shared Christ with me knew almost nothing, and was used by God to save my soul. 
is what we need to be all about. A longtime evangelist from a previous generation, Leighton Ford, uh, wrote this. Um, it was quoted in the book I quoted a little bit from last week, Lifestyle Evangelism, which is one of my favorite things, the idea of developing, using, using things that you have in common with people in the world to, to become the relationships flu- through which the truth of the gospel can, can flow. Uh, Leighton, Leighton Ford wrote this about um, a former generation to his. He says, Before we criticize what the other man is doing in the realm of evangelism, we ought to remember D.L. Moody's classic reply to a critic who disapproved of his methods. I don't like them too much myself, Moody admitted. What method do you use? When the critic said that he had used none, Moody tartly replied, well, I like the way I do it better than the way you don't. I mean, just what if you put yourself out there to tell somebody the gospel and they hear that all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God and the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. And, and I have that eternal life, and I want you to have that eternal life. Are, are, are you willing to come to Him and call out to Him to, to save your soul? For as many as received Him, to them He, he gives the right to become the children of God, even to, the, to those that believe in His name. How long did that take to say that? You can even expand it. Spend a whole five minutes on it. And what if they walk away? And they never call you again. You've been faithful. But what if you plant a seed of the Word of God that grows and sprouts and blossoms into eternal life? We have to be about the business of trimming the lamps, maintaining the saltiness, being the kind of influence we're supposed to be in the world around us. We have to attract people to Jesus Christ. Our lives have to be close enough to them for them to see the light, feel the warmth, hear our words, and deal with God. So would you join me in that? I mean, who, who do you want to reach? I mean, think of somebody and do something about it. How are you going to make closer contact? When are you going to move close enough to... Earn the privilege to talk about Jesus. What are you doing to, to make that happen? Let's do something. And you might come back and say, you know, I tried that, and wow, I was really uncomfortable. Good, you're probably normal. Can you help me with that? Well, yeah. By golly, we just brought a new man on the staff, and part of the thing we've said is when it comes to evangelism, sick them. Help people learn. Help people grow. Let's, let's make that happen. We are collectively and individually the light of the world. Let's pray. Father, give us wisdom that we might truly understand how to let our light shine in such a way that people around us might see our good works and give you glory. We know that that includes they have to see our works and hear the, and hear the words of the gospel, but maybe our lives can be the the melody that they hear, and then they'll want to know the words that go along with it. Use us to that end, we pray, for your glory. In Jesus' name, amen. 
If you would like this message on Compact Disc, let me know and we'll send it to you. You'll receive the entire message, not just the portion on today's program. You can order by phone at 353-4036 or by writing to us at 7071 West Emerald, Boise, Idaho, 83704 or on the internet at hbc-boise.org. Heritage Bible Radio needs your prayers and your financial support. Once again, you can reach us online at hbc-boise.org or by telephone at 353-4036 or by writing to us at 7071 West Emerald, Boise, Idaho, 83704. And if you need a church home here in the Treasure Valley, I hope you'll visit us any Sunday at 7071 West Emerald. For Heritage Bible Radio, I'm Jim Harris. See you next time. Bye-bye.